Welcome to Change Nation, a program brought to you by First30Days.com. On this episode of Change Nation, learn how to handle the changing economic climate from former World Bank President James Wolfenson. Here's Ariane. Hello, and thanks for watching Change Nation. My guest today has had a lot of influence on the financial world. James Wolfenson was the president of the World Bank from 1995 to 2005. Today, he's chairman of a company under his own name, Wolfenson & Company. He's also traveled to, I believe it's about 120 countries around the world, trying to inspire positive changes. Today, he's with me in the studio, and we're going to talk about a whole host of things, including what you can do in these rough, troubled times of change. Jim, it's a real pleasure to have you with me. Pleasure to be with you, Ariane. Jim, can you explain to us, as simply as possible, what has happened in the last few months that we find ourselves in such a time of turmoil, crisis? I think a lot of us are just like, what happened? Well, the first thing that happened was in August. Uh, the financial markets knew that there had been far too many mortgages of not very good quality issued to people and sold on the market. And in the month of August, uh, everyone was anticipating that there was some sort of crisis in the mortgage industry. By the time it came around to September, that had expanded into a crisis in the banking industry. Why? Because banks had done quite a lot of work in selling securities related to very low quality mortgages. Uh, not just a few, but in the billions of dollars. And so the quality of the assets in the banks was being attacked. And so the banks immediately decided that what they needed to do was to strengthen their capital base, to strengthen their essence. And so they started to stop lending. Now when they started to stop lending, uh, everything started to go downhill because individuals in this country for the last several years have borrowed 130% of their income. And when there was no more money to meet their needs, everything turned south. The next thing, of course, uh, that happened was that the institutions, which had been trading all these things, started to get into trouble and you saw a collapse of Lehman Brothers, if you remember, and before that Bear Stearns. And these institutions were part of the financial industry, so the very fabric of the industry was shaken. And as a consequence of all that, uh, banks were not lending to industrial companies, industrial companies were not producing, that led to layoffs of people, and you got a cycle then that the individuals in our country and then around the world who weren't earning money stopped buying. So you had this downward spiral in which we're still in the middle and it went from the United States to Europe. Uh, China and India thought they would be exempt, but they have not been. So you now have a global crisis and even the Middle East with a reduction in oil prices uh, from $140 a barrel to $40 a barrel uh, even they're suffering. So we're in a major crisis. Jim, I hear you say we're in the middle of it. Do you think we're in the middle or do you think we've got a few years to go? Well, no one knows, but we're certainly not at the end of it. 
and my own judgment is that we have a very rough year ahead, and conceivably more than that. Um, it's very difficult for any government body, including the United States, which has already announced that it will support financial industry to the extent of $9,000 billion. It's $9 trillion. And they've spent already $3,000 billion, $3 trillion. And Mr. Obama, our next president, has announced that they will come up with a trillion dollar uh, stimulus package uh, to get people back to work, $500 billion a year. Those sorts of numbers are enormous, but the problem is enormous, and it's now global. So I think that for at least a year we're going to have difficulty, and it could conceivably be longer. For people who are hearing this, to bring it down to their individual level, mm -hmm. now that they have a global understanding, is there anything that feels safe nowadays? Is there anything that is the right thing to do? Well, I think what many people are doing uh, is to try and at least increase their savings a bit so that they've got a cushion. At a time when one is uncertain about the future, the best thing to do is to have a safety box. And so I think one of the things that people are doing, and it's reflected in uh, the statistics on bank deposits, it's that individuals are starting to save more. Our country, the United States, has had virtually no savings for our past years. China might be 30, 40, 50 percent of the annual income is saved. So we are a long way behind the rest of the world. We're spenders. And that's what's created a problem in credit card debt, a problem in overheating of the economy. So in those climates, as an individual, if you have the luxury of being able to save some money, it would be my advice to do so. And Jim, is the right place to save still your local bank? The local banks have insurance, federal insurance, to various levels. And you want to check on what the level is. In some banks, it's $200,000, which is quite a lot of money. In others, if you, uh, in other savings banks, it may be something less. But I would say it's important to check on what is the federally insured segment of the bank in which you're putting your savings. This is Change Nation. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and my guest today is Jim Wolfenson. Jim, is there anything in terms of investments that you would actually recommend right now? I would find it difficult to recommend anything at this minute. I think it's important to watch the next few months to see the way our markets are moving. Um, <clears throat> real estate prices, as you know, are dropping. Uh, we've had a substantial drop in the equity markets. Uh, bond markets are also um, difficult. Uh, I would say if I was an individual at this minute, I wouldn't be rushing for bargains. Uh, if, of course, your listeners are quite rich and have all the money that they need, then you could start by putting maybe 20% or 30% back into investment instruments. 
but for the average person for whom savings is important and who are looking at their savings for a difficult time, at least at this moment, I would be buying safety. I know one of the things you're personally very committed to is the environment and trying to make some sort of positive impact in there. Are green stocks, green funds, are they a good place to go to right now? Well, I think as a social matter, it's a very good thing to do. But the question is, at what price are you buying in to green-type companies? Now, they've dropped substantially, but it's not at all clear in any of the marketplaces whether they've dropped as far as they're going to drop or they're on the way up. I would personally prefer to miss a little bit of it on the way up than I would to lose additional funds. Again, I say the people that are much richer can afford to take a risk of maybe 15, 20% or a slow re-entry into the market. But for the average person for whom savings are really the protection against tough times, I think it's the moment to be protective. Do you see some common mistakes that people are making right now? And you're like, I can't believe they're doing this or this person's doing this. Well, I, I can't really say that because, um, you know, I, like everybody other, every other investor, have made mistakes. I think the common mistake that people have made over the last year has been to think that trees continue to grow to the sky. And we've had markets that have gone up very quickly and very high. And so one has wanted to try and get into those markets. That's been a mistake, both of judgment and possibly a bit of greed. Uh, but today the market is quite different. Today the markets are becoming much more realistic. And as you have seen in recent days, you've seen that there have been huge frauds in the market, one of $50 billion uh, that has shaken the whole of the industry. And that is bringing down other investment firms with it. So I think this is not a minute to be aggressive. This is a moment to be safe, a moment to preserve assets, not to be rushing out to buy. You spend a lot of your time in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. you know, your commitment to bringing peace in that region is high. How would you feel about oil and what's going on with oil? Do you think we've reached the bottom? Do you think it's something that ultimately we're going to go right back up to levels that we were at? Well, oil is a result of, oil price is a result of two things. It is, of course, demand. And at a time when the economies are in recession, which they are now, the pressure is downward on the price of oil. What keeps it going up is that the producers can limit the amount of production. But that balance has not been achieved. There will be a meeting of OPEC, which is the oil-producing countries, uh, in just a few days, and they will make some decisions. But uh, it doesn't seem to me that you're going to see any rapid increase because the lack of demand is renowned. Someone was telling me just today of the number of tankers full of oil that are sitting in ports looking for somewhere to go because many tankers are owned by people who are essentially dealers or speculators in oil. And so they have these huge tankers uh, with nowhere to take their oil. So I think at the moment, the most likely thing 
subject to the OPEC price discussions is that you'll have a bit of stability and maybe a slight upward movement. But no one of your listeners should listen to my judgment on commodity changes because if I was good at it, I wouldn't be on your show. I'd be in the South Pacific in sunning myself. Jim, one of the things I know you've been doing is um, writing a book. Mm-hmm. When can we expect to see it? What's the name? Um, I've forgotten the name. <laughs> I really have forgotten the name, but, but, but it is in March. And it's got my picture on the cover. And uh, it's an autobiography. And it's proving very difficult to finish, I must say. We're going to help you with that. Well, I hope so. Just to end off the show, is there a change that you would like to see uh, in your lifetime happen? Yes, I would like to see the rich countries understand that there are three billion people out of six billion people on the planet who live under two dollars a day. And of those, a billion three hundred million that live under a dollar and a quarter a day. And both as a matter of equity and as a matter of preservation of peace, I would like to see much more attention given to development. I mean, you can justify what I've just said to you on the basis of idealism, but it is also enlightened self-interest. The world grows to 9 billion people by 2050, and only 100 million of the next 3 billion people go to the rich countries. The world is swinging towards Asia. But by 2050, you'll have 2 billion out of 9 billion people in Africa. And they will have an income of $1,700 per capita. China and India will be $40,000 per capita. And our country will be $97,000 per capita. To me, that's not an equitable world. And it's not a stable world. And you can't fix it in 50 years. Just like the environment, you need to be addressing the issues now. But leaders are driven by domestic problems. And to think about global issues is to think beyond an election term. So I hope that somehow we wake up to the fact that our long-term interest in both environment and poverty and women's rights and many other things are recognized early so that we can do something about it because it's not too late now, but another 20 years it is. And Jim, we certainly need you around for at least another 20, 25, maybe 30 years. Thank you very much. Jim, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Jim Wolfenson on Change Nation. For more information about him and his work and also his upcoming book, please check out his website at www.wolfenson.com. For more inspiring interviews, experts, authors, celebrities, world changers, please visit us on the web at first30days.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.